0: Welcome to Before I Die. This edition is gonna be about my mom, Peggy. Kind of feel bad for, well, it's nice. My mom's birthday is the day before my wife's birthday, so it guarantees that there's no way that I'll ever be able to forget my wife's birthday, and it also guarantees there's no way I'll ever be able to forget my mom's birthday because it's imperative I remember my mom so that I can remember my wife's. Either way, I'm very good at remembering birthdays for people, um, except there's only one, per- it's just because I know when it, I know when his birthday takes place, but for some reason I can never put my finger on the date. It was something I used to pride myself on was knowing every single birthday in our family. Why did I pride myself on that? I don't know, <laughs> but um, just, uh, I feel the, the reason I was going to say that I feel bad is because whenever I start doing projects like these, I always start off with Katie. And so Katie kind of becomes the test subject. After listening back to the one that I did on Katie, I'm like, man, I could have gone on for like 45 more minutes. I thought of all these things afterwards. So this time I kind of planned it out a little bit more for my mom, making sure that I hit specific things that were impactful in my life that she did. Hopefully it makes it a little bit, a bit better. I don't know. And honestly, what I mean by better is better for. Uh, better for the person who I am doing it about. I, I honestly have no expectation of people actually listening to these, except for the people that I do them for, and then them living these living on for as long as as long as I am hosting them. Uh, so until hosting stops or my feed gets cut off or whatever it may be, I just have these living for forever. So I, th- I think with my mom, I'd like to go in chronological order, earliest memory. One of my favorite earliest memories of any person ever, and that sounds hyperbolic, but it is legitimately true. Like April comes in a close second to this. April making me my fourth, birth, my four-year-old birthday cake. That's something that I just remember, but there isn't as much of like a "ha ha, that's kind of weird" factor behind it. It was my birthday, so there's generally a cake, so that's not weird. The cake was awesome. I do remember that. So thank you, April. But coming in at number one, mom sitting down with her four or five-year-old son, I do not know how old I was, but I believe the O.J. Simpson trial was going on <laughs> in 1994, so I would have been, I don't know if it was spring or when the trial was going on, so I would have had to have been four or five. Uh, the reason, I don't know why that memory is so vivid. It's, we went and got chili cheese fries at Deb's Frosty or whatever the equal, equal thing of Deb's Frosty was at that time, uh, came back, mom started ironing clothes, <laughs> and uh, we watched the OJ trial. <laughs> I don't remember what the, what went on during the OJ trial or any like specific things from that. I mean, obviously, we all know what happened in the OJ trial, but actual memories that I have, I don't recollect at all what was going on. But I, I, I was thinking about it before this. I'm like, I wonder if that's what made me really, really want to be a lawyer, but then, as I think about it more, I think okay, it always goes back to Steve Young, man. And if you want to talk about somebody who's had an impact on a lot of different things that have happened in my life, because Steve Young, I did that project on him in the second grade that I'm sure you remember helping me on. Where, um, in his book, he went back to BYU, I think, to finish his degree and become a lawyer. And I think that, I think I realized at that age, I'm like, I'm too small. I'm not going to be good at sports. So maybe I'll be, maybe I'll be a lawyer. But that's uh, a memory that's just ingrained in me forever. There's no real takeaway from that. Just if if you're wondering what one of my earliest, most memorable moments is, it's that and April making me a cake, and then and then when I would go spend time at Monty and Annie's for um, like little sleepovers. That once again I thought were miles upon miles away, but I guess they were just in Cameron Park, which is so shocking and surprising to me. I always thought man, time as a child just doesn't make any sense. Like maybe it's because you're so young and so the ratio of time to do something makes it seem like, 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 well, I've only been alive for four years, so 10 minutes is a long time to a four-year-old. And then as you get older, 10 minutes becomes less and less impactful. And it's like, oh, it's an hour to get to Chuck E. Cheese. It's so far away. And then it's like, oh, it's nine hours from Utah. It's so far away. And then eventually it's just like normal because uh, you're used to it maybe. But... Um, kind of where to start in general is one thing that I have to give you so much credit for is the amount of amount of patience you had with nine children. I can only imagine they're like, I don't want to, I had no problem with my childhood. Like I felt like my childhood was really, really good. So anytime that I say anything that comes across as, as like a negative slant, it's not me bringing it up just to bring up bring it up for negativity's sake. It's just something that's real, and I, I learned a lot from these situations. Um, but your unconditional love, which is unrivaled, to be honest, like the amount of. Garbage and things and the way that, I don't want to speak for everybody, but the way that I treated you in a lot of situations as I got older specifically, not necessarily as a child. And the fact that you still love me after all of the mean, terrible things that I did, thinking specifically of one thing that I did when I was late home for curfew on a weeknight. And I finally was punished for being home late. And then I didn't talk to you for an entire week. You probably don't even remember this, but it's vivid in my mind and seeing how much that hurt you changed me so dramatically uh like I just remembered de- you know the classic dad steps in when things get too bad and he goes just talk to your mother he's like please don't," which I feel like is how a lot of my siblings feel about everything that I do like oh gosh here goes Alex again just stop doing this but that was a very life changing moment for me about how I treat people. You can't just give them the silent treatment. Yeah, you, know, you need to talk to them about things if you have problems with them, as opposed to just denying that the problem even exists and then just letting problems and conflict build over time. It's just not. It's just not beneficial. You were always the one who. And this is not a. This is not a bash on dad. You were the one who always said i love you um it's something that i still struggle with just to people in general and i honestly have no idea why i don't know maybe i should talk to the rest of the family about this but i have no idea why it's so hard for me to say i love you to somebody and actually mean it because i felt like every time that you said it it wasn't out of some sense of duty or responsibility you actually meant it which i can't say for every single person in the world that that tells me things But I always got that, I don't want to say like I felt that warm, fuzzy feeling. It wasn't a warm, fuzzy feeling. It was just, I always had confirmation. I had confirmation that I was like, yeah, you want to know what? My mom does love me. And there's plenty of examples of that, O.J. Simpson trial aside. But there have been, when I got expelled from school, I don't even know I should call it getting expelled. Because I don't know if that's fully, my ecclesiastical, I was definitely was kicked out of school for a time, but I always thought expelled meant there was no way to come back to the school, which technically I never went back to BYU, Idaho. So maybe it is right to call it expelled, but you guys, you and dad were there. That's the thing that you guys were always best at always being there for. And that's kind of what Monty and I talked about on the, on the podcast with him, where that's one thing that Skinners are really good at is being there and supporting one another. And you guys showed up. Really no questions asked until you got there. Just drop. And looking back, what that meant is you probably had to get like a day off of work, uh, use a sick day or something like that. These things that you don't recognize in the moment as being huge sacrifices. But now that I'm an adult and know how hard it is to get days off for my wife. So to be able to just drop everything, come up to Idaho, and then go through the most embarrassing process I've ever gone through in my entire life with, um, sitting in a room. Like I feel so bad for you guys too. I think a lot of times I do the woe is me thing where it's like, Oh my gosh, my life is so hard. This and this and this and this happened to me. But I was so embarrassed that you guys had to hear from leaders in air quotes, uh, that your son was a, that your son was a, has, uh, I don't even remember how they said it. Like they had, Oh, that he had predatorial tendencies, having to sit in a room and have both of your parents who you're starting to regard higher and higher as you get older in life. And then you're just like, great. Now I look like a horrible person to these people that I want to care about me. Uh, that was really, really tough, but what's great about it is you and dad never held like i don't even know if we really talked about it after that you and dad held no ill will towards me from it i doubt that you even believed it just from how i've lived my life since then but that was a very powerful probably the most impactful moment in my entire life from a standpoint of i knew that i always had you and dad i think that's why it's getting i'm getting like more and more emotional because like 2019 was just like a crazy year overall, um, with all of the things going like, cause that was that, but that's another thing like the, I called you just bawling after the, and once again, I don't want to make it sound like I am the closest with this person. We do have a good friend relationship, but it was more of the idea of death becoming more and more real. And I just called you. It was so weird. I'm like, I have no idea who to talk to about this. Um, I talked to Katie, which was great, and um, she held me for a while, but I, this is going to sound weird, but like Katie knows me really, really well, and I know that as time goes on, Katie's going to know me better than anybody possibly could, but it's hard to beat experience. I don't want that to come across. Alex just did a nice thing about Katie, and now he's saying that he doesn't even know if Katie knows him really well. No, Katie knows me really well, better than most, if not everybody. But 30 years experience of knowing me, the one person who would ever have real conversations with me about serious subjects where you were the one facilitating the conversation, not myself creating it. And I just called you and cried um, because it was really hard. And I like it was, call me a, a mama, a mama's boy, if you want or whatever. I just needed to, to talk to mom. And it's nice to know that I have that. I think I think what's really hard is um, um is just like the having that moment and how awesome it was and how beautiful it was for me for you to just listen to me complain, being your little boy blue. Um obviously I'm not dead yet. I know. Remember when you t- I love that I love that you uh, that one of your favorite poems to have me memorize was Little Boy Blue and it's about the boy who dies. <laughs> and it took me forever to come to that realization. No, anyway, not holding to get it, it's just like a funny it's a funny thing that i remember you for little boy blue this one of the most sad <laughs> sad poems. Um but I, I was able to i was able to call you and then the realization that man, how long am i going to have this for? How many more uh, emotional out uh, breakdowns am i going to to have And the potential that <sighs> Like it, it scared me to lose you. Not that like you're going anywhere anytime soon or anything like that, but um, just to have that, that thought that I have never had in my entire life um, has been like tough to grapple with. But once again, that's a bridge we'll cross when we get there. You got like forty, fifty plus years still to go. Which you're probably thinking, like, no, please, God, take me. <laughs> I don't want to be here for forty or forty to fifty more years. Um, but I'm gonna miss that when it's gone. Like just going back to similar similar story being it's weird it's weird. these things that we really vividly remember i think i've brought this up on the podcast before but losing the fifth grade presidential election my platform of more recess and better food just didn't cut it for a lot of a lot of the students i guess but you were working at the school at the time and you knew ahead of time who the winners and losers were and you were kind enough to let me know ahead of time so that I didn't have the emotional breakdown that I had when you told me at home at school, so I was able to be prepared for that and save a little bit of face in front of those people. But what's weird about it now is it probably would have been better for me to cry in front of people like showing emotion as opposed to to hiding emotion, but man, like just all of the all of the nice things that you've done for me in my life and I, what I feel bad most and I don't blame anybody for this except for myself i think what i feel the most upset about is dad was always the cool guy right he was like the nice parent that let us do whatever i want do whatever we wanted and then he would show up and lay down the law once you had been hurt by us in a way which whatever whatever your guys dynamics were were your your dynamics but what i what i want to say is like it's so unfair how Somebody had to do it, like so. And, and I've I've come to the realization over the last few years. I'm just like, I can't harbor any resentment, like over all the. And let's be honest, I barely remember. You probably barely disciplined me. Like, let's be honest, <laughs> if we're being real. But I, I'm thankful that you shouldered that burden, so that you could have the children that you have have now, and the success that they have now, and the the happiness that that we all have. Really, just giving us discipline was very important. Dad did a great job with work ethic. Not to take anything away from your work ethic, but you gave us discipline, and that has made us has made all the difference, I think, for a lot of us. So, I mean, obviously, I still broke tons and tons and tons of rules, but uh, I mean, uh, that's like one of my other really favorite things. Seeing the word rules, like I love that you truly do respect the your house, your rules mentality that you had which is probably the thing that people hold against you the most is like wow your mom or our mom I don't I don't I don't know how to speak I'm trying not to offend anybody or make them think I'm talking about them but like mom is so strict with all of her rules to x degree to this or that and like looking back on it I'm just like but we knew all along it's her house her rules and not to say that anyone harbors any resentment about like rules that you had in the past or rules that you have currently, but I don't know why that was always like a talking point uh, to be like held against you. Like, Oh, this one time this was happening, but your mom said she had a rule. So we were forced to follow them. We're just like, yeah, it's her effing house. (laughs) i'm so sad that it took me to be like 27 28 years old to finally realize oh i need to stop listening to these people bitch and complain about you and start sticking up for you and just be like hey first off it was 15 20 years ago second off whose house was it and then generally speaking like well maybe if she could like have a little bit more compassion no no, it's her house, her rules. She can do whatever she wants. Uh, and you've been very respectful of everybody else's. All of us kids are different. All of us are at different stages in our life. And you respect the the households that we run and allow us to make our own rules now, make our own mistakes and learning. And just know moving forward, I'm always going to be a, a defender of your past because I feel like that's probably the most targeted thing. Um, and I'll be honest, we don't. It doesn't come up that often, and when it does, we're like joking around. Um, what's the word? Just reminiscing about it. But just, just thank you for that, um, honestly. And then speaking of breaking rules, like if anyone wants to know, like how great my mom is, probably her best quality is prioritizing. And I'm sure she was hoping it would be like, oh, unconditional love. That's part of the prioritizing. Um, what, what, so one day, I was 18 or 19, I had mom and dad went out of town and I had a girl over and then mom and dad randomly came home from their little whatever, caught us and I'm like, all right, well, you can't, you're on restriction, you're grounded, whatever. I know everyone's thinking you're 18 or 19, like her house, her rules, man. I and I broke her rules, so she was well within her, well within her right to punish an eighteen or nineteen year old. Um, and then you left. It had to have been during your, it was your anniversary week, weekend. And so I was just like, "All right, I'll just let them leave again, and then we can hang out later." So we go and hang out later, and you told me, "Don't leave the house. You can't go anywhere. You have to be at home." Then I get a call from you. I'm like. <sighs> Call you call you back? Um, I'm at a movie. I remember this so vividly. I was at the Book of Eli. One of the I've only watched that movie once, and it was this time. But I'll always remember the movie for this reason. You call me during the movie, and I go out because I'm in trouble. So I obviously I can't just ignore your call. And I pick it up, and you're like, "Hey, we're heading to Salt Lake, I believe. We're heading to Salt Lake because there was a problem with Autumn's heart that was super super serious." And that moment this is why I think you're great at prioritizing. The important thing was not to care about where I was care about anything that I was doing, but your focus was on, we want to let you know what's going on. Dad and I are headed out to make sure that we're there as a support. And that was that there was no animosity, no anger. In fact, it was never brought up again. Um, me sneaking out in air quotes, it was, you made the right call in that moment. That was not what was important. I was not what was important in that moment. And you focused on what was, and that was the the health of your granddaughter. So something that I'm very, I hope to be able to emulate as I have kids and then potentially grandchildren in the future, knowing when to hold them and knowing when to fold them is seems to be a very, not to say that you folded in that situation. You just, once again, you just made the right choice. And I think that's one thing that you did regularly. I'm sure that you question a lot of times the choices that you've made, parenting throughout your life. I guarantee life. I guarantee that there's been a lot of difficult decisions. Man, another one. This is a dad, but like when I just had my breakdown, it's it's amazing all of the things that not a lot of people know that I'm making public right now. Just so it helps to get an insight into me, and then also to you, but. When uh, I had a girlfriend break up to me, and we, you know how it is when you're like young and in love. I mean, of course, you know how it is. You're 17, (laughs) 17, getting married at 18. You you understand young love, but so every single relationship is supposed to lead to marriage. And uh, I'd been dating this girl for probably two months, but we had a super close relationship and, and she broke up with me. And that was a very uncommon thing for me to be broken up with. Uh, That's not. That came across as a low key brag. It just was uncommon. There had nothing, nothing about me or about the girls that I dated, and I just broke down and was like, "No, I'm never gonna get married." Here I am, like eighteen. <laughs> I'm never gonna get married. Life is so short. I'm not gonna get married. And you just listen to that kind of bullshit all the time. I uh, like looking back. I'm just like, man, that was such a stupid. Such a stupid thing to like whine and whine and complain about, and then like Dad's just like, I got married when I was twenty-four, <laughs> uh, and then obviously I end up getting married. I think twenty-three or twenty-four. Not really important. Um, but man, just like I think of all the different tons and tons of times where you were you were there for me and continue to be there for me, and it's it's really impressive. It's probably quite intrusive, but it's not it's not bothersome to you. And, that's, and this is like not to even say like all of the financial and um, like activity time that you put into my life, all of my basketball games, stupid flag football games that I hope that my kids never play. Like, oh my gosh, I would just, it's because I'm selfish. Like that's the reason why I feel that way. And maybe as I have kids, I'll understand it more, but just you had nine kids and you had to go to all of their sporting events. Not all of us were starters. Not all of us even played in games and you guys would still go uh, to support us. And so we didn't have to ride home on the gross bus. Uh, but gosh, I just so scared for that because I, I don't, I don't want to like, yeah, so I made the golf team, <laughs> made the golf team. And I'm like the worst on the team. Like, Great so happy i guess to go watch you play golf <laughs> it's gonna be so hard please don't play golf or any other boring non-important sports children please please but yeah i and i think what another thing is i got a lot of my personality i believe from from my brothers and sisters but you just supporting that personality allowing me to 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 perform like essentially that's One of my favorite things to do is to perform. And uh, you really encouraged me to do a lot of that. There was never a time where you're like, nope, you can't do that. It's like, hey, I'm going to band practice. Sounds good. Hey, doing this thing for Rally Commissioner. Okay, great. Go do it. Um, So thank you for always always being like a vocal proponent. And honestly, like I kind of touched on this, but like the tender moment, like I'll never forget as stupid as this sounds, like this one, when I was going through the the air quote repentance process from getting kicked out of school and you came and just asked me direct, directly if like I had a, a testimony of the church and I, looking back on that moment, I've, I, I've, I scoffed at it at the time. Just like, oh my gosh, why are we having this freaking conversation right now? But just such a great example of, Having hard conversations, and even if even if there's a potential that a, a, an unfavorable answer is going to be given by me, the the cojones to even ask the question is very impactful and has left a lasting impression. Once again, I don't even know how many of these stories you are going to remember, but all of them were so important to me in the moment and during the during the time that I just feel like you should know about them. Um, and I hope that you always feel like you can have those difficult, I know I'm probably the most highly opinionated person in the family. and if not the high, most highly opinionated, the one who's most likely to share that opinion with everyone that I feel like it impacts, which I know a lot of people don't like and are rubbed the wrong way by. And it's because I haven't been able to learn how to do it like you do, um, in a much more compassionate way. And I I aspire to be like that eventually, because if I can look back on it with happiness that it happened, I feel like that that speaks volumes. It speaks volumes to to how great you were at that at that given skill. Um, and I know that it wasn't easy for you. Um, I, I made a lot of what you would have deemed mistakes. What I look back on, I don't consider them mistakes. I consider them being a teenager. And you still love me, love me throughout it. Are there things that I wish would have been different? Maybe, but honestly, like I had a really good life and you did a really great job as a mom, a phenomenal job. I know that everyone says that they have, have like the best mom and so I'm not going to like pretend and say like yep best mom ever I don't know every single mom in the world so there might be better moms I don't know but I will tell you what the I know for a fact the best mom for me was you and I mean that Uh, I, I have often thought like when I would hang out with friends I'm like man I wish I could have had this mom I wish I could have had this mom but no my personality required the discipline that you instilled in me and then also the support and comfort that you gave to me. Um, I'm very grateful that, that I was born to you and honestly just, you know, the, talking about, talking with Ryan about just the likelihood of life itself, the willingness you gave to me of, um, or no, sorry, the opportunity you gave to me just to even be born. Like you and dad just went ham Uh, and wanted to multiply and replenish the earth and I know that I joke around about that a lot but without that without multiply and replenish the earth I'm not here so I can't though I do tongue-in-cheek that line every now and then I also fully understand that my existence and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this like man they really should have stopped at Becky (laughs) (laughs) And then there's people who are listening to this like they really should have stopped at April. That's just Monty and April think that. Just kidding. They don't think that. They don't really think that. But, man, I'm really happy. Like, I'm really happy to do this. I didn't think that I would smile as much during these (laughs) as I have been Uh but I think it's good. It's good that I'm doing it. Like I really do. I love you, mom. It's hard for me to say it. I don't say it too often. I, and and a lot of the times, I'm just doing it because that's the sign off that you do. But I, I really do mean it. I love you. I'll I'll be sure to take care of you when I know that you that you need help. Know that you always, even though I I seem like a rougher type of person. I'm similar to all of the all of the members of our family. If somebody really really needs something, I'm always going to be there to to help them out with that. And that includes you, dad, and, and everyone in the entire family. And before I die, I just wanted to say thank you.